The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. On a second. Okay, sure. Okay, so we're going to do something a little um, uh, separate today. Uh, this is something that I prepared with Levi Slomiak, Machavrusa, and we just thought it was really good and uh, it kind of stands alone. So we're working on this Gemara, but uh, uh, this is the first Mishnah in the fifth parak of Brachos on Lamed Amud Beis. So... Um, the Mishnah says, uh, COVID Rosh. And yeah, you get out all the COVID-19 jokes, but, um, uh, COVID Rosh. So we only stand up to Davin out of a state of literally heaviness of the head. Okay. So we'll see what that means in a second. That's really what we're going to focus on tonight. Let's just finish reading the Mishnah though. So this is a famous halacha that the early, uh, pious people would, wait for an hour and then daven um so that they could orient their hearts or their minds to their father in heaven uh, and then it says even if a king uh greets you while you're davening shmon esrei then you shouldn't uh return their greeting uh, and even if a snake is wrapped around your uh, heel then you shouldn't interrupt okay so uh, we're really going to focus on the first part, okay? So, ain't only COVID Rosh. You should only uh, arise to Davin out of COVID Rosh. And again, this is Stam assumption when you're learning Hilos uh, Tefillah. When it says Lehis Palel, it means specifically Shimon Esrei. So, this is not applying to any other part of Davin, just Shimon Esrei. So, just in a vacuum, without looking at any Mepharshan or anything like that, what would you, how would you define or even describe COVID Rosh? Like, what does that mean? Um, and then why should you, why should you only daven out of COVID Roche? What do you say? I'd say, uh, COVID Roche is a certain strain of humility. Okay. Um, and the person should daven in that state because, you know, you're being omade, you know, lifne melech. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you can even do that is exceptional. Okay. And, you know, just to have that sort of intimate, you know, status with with god is you know something to be humble about okay good so um i'm going to respond to your second thing first because the first part is really what we're going to focus on uh that um if you look at all these halachos in this mishnah and also in the gemara that follows which says for example like there's all these halachos about you know you shouldn't stand up to daven out of a state of like joking around or conversate certain types of conversation or out of certain types of learning um and uh, there are a bunch of halachas about like how, you, you know, what, what frame of mind or what kavana you should go into davening with. So some of these halachas are really in service of like putting yourself in the proper positive state of mind to daven. Uh, and that's like what Joe was saying for this one. And then other ones really have to do with, with like uh, not distracting you, you know, uh, that like certain other mentalities are, let's say like the halacha one, that's the other thing Levi and I are working on that you shouldn't learn out of um you shouldn't get up to daven out of learning something uh like it says din but rather out of halacha psuka out of like settled halacha and the reason there rashi says is because if you're learning something that is not uh psak halacha then your mind is going to be trying to like figure stuff out so it's not that like there that halacha is not to cultivate a certain mentality it's to prevent other things from distracting you so theoretically you could have taken covid roche that way you could have said that you know you should have a certain sense of seriousness because if you don't have that your mind is going to be like thinking about other stuff you know uh but joe takes the approach that rashi took which is that there's a certain humility so if you look at rashi here covid roche is he says 
Um, so interesting that is, uh, you know, we would, we would say that the, the, the word, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, anava is usually how we translate humility, right? How do you translate hachna'a? Lowliness, maybe? Yeah, lowliness, I think, is better. Anything else? Like, I think the word is like subdued or submissiveness in some way. So like a lowering of the self, which you could say anava is like that, but I, I think it's good for us to like just be as precise as possible here. Okay, fine. So that's that's what the Mishnah says. Okay, so now the Gemara goes into this and asks what the source is. Okay, and this is what we're going to focus on for tonight here. So skipping down to the Gemara here, it says... Um, uh, Can I just make a quick, uh, quick point? Yeah, yeah, sure. Just in terms of the accuracy of submissiveness versus humility. Yeah. Um, I think there's actually like a pretty big distinction because humility is sort of, you know, a general mindset, you know, about yourself in the world. Whereas right. submissiveness, like if you're actively submitting yourself, it's more... I feel like it's more active almost, or could be. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humility, I think, like you said, didn't we, did we do something that had to do with humility lately? Yeah, we mentioned it. It definitely came up. Yeah, right. That humility, I don't know if it was a Mishlei Pasuk or something like that, but like humility we defined as, um, where did this come up? I think it was in Mishlei. I don't remember the context. I don't know. Um, that had to do with like having an accurate view of yourself. Um, where submissiveness could be like an artificially induced thing of like putting yourself into a lower state. So, yeah. Okay. So um, the Gemara goes like this. Uh, so where do we know this halakha from that you should only dive in out of a state of COVID rush? Okay. So what the Gemara is going to do is it's going to go through three answers and reject each of them for different reasons. And then it's going to settle on the final uh, pasuk. Okay. Or, uh, you know, final source. So the first one is Amr Lazar, the Amr Kra, Vihi Maras Nafesh. Uh, Rabbi Lazar says, because the Pasuk says she was embittered of soul. So any guesses who that's talking about? It's got to be Chana. Got to be Chana, right? So it is Chana. Um, and I think later on, if we have time, I want to go and look into all of these Havaminas that are rejected. We're actually going to start with the Muskana because I think that's the essential idea. And then we'll go back to the Muskana, the Havaminas here. So she was very embittered. So one thing that's already interesting here, okay, is how would you compare that kind of COVID Rosh to the kind of COVID Rosh that we assumed? It's definitely negative relative definitely to negative, a positive right? I mean, assumption. She was, she was sad. Like she was like depressed, you know, and Mara yeah. Snapfish also is like embittered, you know? So that was kind of shocking. Like if you say that we learn it out of Hana, so then I think it actually changes the way that you view the COVID Roche or it at least like, you know, shifts in a certain direction. And this is what Michael Rus and I found interesting about this Gemara is that each of these Psukim kind of takes you into a different direction in terms of what the COVID Roche is. So in other words, I don't think this is like, like, you know, there's some things in the Gemara where you have a certain like um, static idea of the halacha, and then it just looks for what the source is. And the source doesn't affect the way you learn the halacha. Here, the approach I'm taking, and, you know, if you want to disagree, we could fight about it. But like, I think um, uh, the the pasuk you learn it from is going to actually affect what you learn the halacha is. And I think at first, first, the first case is like really clear. Okay, she was bitter. All right. So then the Gemara rejects that. It says, Mimai, how do you know? Dilma Chana Shani, maybe Chana was different. Dahavas Marira Liba Tuva because she was very bitter. Her heart was very bitter. Okay, so what do you make of that? Just on a shot level, like what on what grounds is the Gemara rejecting that here? That that's not. Uh, you can't expect that from the average person during the average tefillah. 
Right. Is that either you can't expect that from the average person during the average tefillah because they're not in her position, or you shouldn't expect it from the average person, or something about it is basically like she was in a unique situation, and therefore we can't extrapolate. That might be a good state of hachna'a, but you can't extrapolate a universal halacha of COVID rosh from Hannah's case. So that's why it rejects her. Okay, next it says, and again, we I think if we have time, we'll revisit this. Um but I want to get to the Muscana. All right. Ella, Amor Yossi, Rabbi Hanina, Mehacha. So he says it's from here. Pasuk and Tehillim. So this is going to be about David and Melech. Uh, this is early in Tehillim. Va'ani brov chastacha avo besacha, eshtacha ve'elhechal kachcha birasacha. I in, I, I will come to your house, presumably the base of Mikdash or the Mishkan, uh, with your abundant kindness. I will bow down uh, towards the sanctuary of your holiness in your fear. Okay. So without seeing the context, uh, if we're talking about Hishtachavaya in the Mikdash, what type of Hachna'a are you getting from that? Or Yura are you getting from that? And it describes it as Yura, by the way. And I think if you think about the whole puzzle also, I'm coming to your house in your abundant kindness. I'm prostrating myself towards your sanctuary in fear of you or in awe of you. Is it like an idea of like, you don't even, uh, like you're not even worthy of like standing before God? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Right. Is that it is the submissiveness of like being totally at like, uh, you know, dependent on God's chesed, you know, this, this uh, privilege that you have of like standing before him and, and relying on his chesed. And we'll see that when we do go into the, uh, if we, if we have time to go into the, um, uh, the puzzle. Okay, fine. So that is, uh, that's David Amel. Okay. That's kind of my uh, assumption. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just like, if you think about Mikdashi stuff, then that's like, I think, you know, especially. No, I mean, that. in uh, when I originally, um, oh, you like mean when you the- asked what's your intuitive understanding yeah, yeah. of uh, COVID Roche. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think okay. that was sort of a, in that framework. Right. Okay. So then, it, all right, this next one is the weirdest one. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you right away. I don't know what to make of this one. Okay. Uh, Mimai. So first of all, sorry, it refers to rejects David. Mimai, how do you know that that's uh, where we learn COVID Roshram? Dilma la'olam emala. Sorry, uh, I, I skipped something. Dilma David Shani. Maybe David's different. Dahava mitsair nafshe barachame tuva. Because he literally, he afflicted himself. Um with a lot of with with excessive prayer okay so what do you make of that like on what grounds is it rejecting david as a model we saw hana she was like in a special scenario that the state that david achieved was from excessive prayer which is not the way we pray right so it sounds like again it sounds like like this might be a good candidate for Yura, but he's kind of out of our reach because unlike us, the way that we daven, we're not mitsire ourselves through all of our tefillos. He was like in a state of tsar because he was uh, such in, in, you know such intense davening. Okay, fine. So we reject that. Okay. The, now this is the weirdest one. Ella, Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Mehacha. So Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says from here, Hishtachvu l'ashem bahadras kodesh. Okay. Bow down to Hashem in the... Um, I guess the majesty of, of holiness. Okay. And the Mepharshim on that say, it's talking about uh base of Mikdash. That's plain shot. And then it says, Al Tikri Bihadras Ella Bechirdas. Don't read in the majesty of Kodesh, but in the trembling of Kodesh. 
okay? <laughs> and trembling is a state of like COVID Roche somehow, okay? Weird, okay? I mean, unlike the other two, you know, the other two sources were people actually engaged in davening and we're extrapolating from the way that they davened. Here, it is a, I'll take this, Ella, that. And, um, okay, and, and then it gets even weirder when you look at the refutation. Mimai, how do you know? Dimil olam emalach hadras mamish. Maybe the puzzle was just literal. Okay. <laughs> Everything of that. Uh, and it just means in the glory of your uh, your holiness, literally. Kihadra of Yehuda have a the Like Rav Yehuda used to do, he would adorn himself and then he would daven. So Rashi says, Mitzayin nafshe, Mikashet atmo, oops, I just blew this up here. Mikashet atmo, um, uh, so he would like put on nice clothing. Okay. So maybe, maybe it doesn't mean, uh, that he would tremble in a state of COVID Roche. Maybe it just means that he would like get dressed up. Okay. Okay. So then now it finally gets to the end. Okay. So now it finally gets to settles on the Moskana. Ella, Amar Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak Mihacha. So Rabbi Nachman Bar Yitzchak says from here, Ivdu es Hashem beyira vegilu bira ada. Serve Hashem with yira and rejoice in trembling. Okay, or rejoice in, uh, exult in, uh, in, in, in trembling. And Rashi says here, Yivdu Hashem Biyira, Tfila Shihi Bamakom Avoda, Asu Osa Biyira. So Tfila, which is in place of Avoda, you should do it with Yira. Okay. Um, so in other words, Yivdu Hashem Biyira here is not referring to like Avoda of Korbanos or Avoda of Mitzvahs in general. It's referring to Tfila. Some of Harshim, I think, let's see, I think the Ridfa says on that, hold on. The Ritva says, I think a better uh, explanation here. Um, so it says serving Hashem is a reference to a Vosha believe. Okay, fine. Okay, so what do we get from that uh, without the context? And we're going to go to the context in a second. But if you just had that in isolation, serve Hashem with fear and rejoice in trembling. Um, what do we get from that? In terms of the halacha, the original halacha of all yis in omnim l'spala elamitoch covid rosh, and Rashi is saying it was hachna'a. So, is there any like nuanced idea of hachna'a we get from this? Serve Hashem with fear and rejoice in trembling. I mean, what's weird about that pasuk? Should you be fearful or, or joyful? Yeah, right. So it's it's a it's like uh, almost like contradictory emotions there of rejoicing in a state of trembling. You know, so so I guess one thing we have to understand is like what exactly is that? You know, um, but one thing we definitely see, and I think this this is uh, one of the proofs that I have for why um, the Gemara is actually learning out different ideas of the state of COVID Rosh that we should be in. Is Hana was not in a state of Gila. You know, when it tried to bring a proof from her, she was in a state of Marira's lave, you know, and uh, and so when it rejected that, it was rejecting that idea of COVID Roche, and then now it's settling on a different one, which is a state of Yira and Gila, you know, whatever whatever exactly that is. Yeah, I just want to nuance the question a little bit. Yeah. Um, the way, like, the problem for me, like, the rejoicing in the trembling wasn't as bothersome for me. It was more, it bothered me more that it said... Um, to fear and rejoice in the trembling, meaning should I fear in the trembling or rejoice in the trembling? Mm-hmm. Like that's more what bothered me personally. Let me think about that for one second. What the, what the implications are of the difference. 
You mean because it's, they're both being ascribed? You're saying they're both ascribed to the trembling? Yeah, that's how I understood it. Yeah, I wonder if that's if that's the only way to read it. Because um, I was I was just splitting it in half of Ivdosashem Bira and Gilu Bira Ada. Yeah. Um, I think it, it might amount to the same thing anyway because of the trembling. I assume is not coming from the joy. I assume the trembling is coming from the fear. No, but I answer the joy is coming from the trembling. Oh, the joy is coming from the trembling. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll uh, I guess if we do, <laughs> I, I, I only learned this according to one of the Mepharshim. So we'll, we'll see if, uh, if okay. we have time yeah, afterwards, we, you know, we can see if there are other ways to learn. Okay. So, so what, so this is where we got in, in the Gemara. And then I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, what, what does a responsible learner do is you check the Pasuk in its, uh, in its context. Okay. And that's when things blew up. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so you check out. So if I, if I tell you just guess, guess what the context of this is in Tehillim. If you didn't know anything like about the particular parak, right? What would you guess it's saying when it says serve Hashem in fear and rejoice in trembling? I, I guarantee if you take any wild guess, the guesses are probably accurate. Like, so what are like the Stom guesses about the type of thing that Tehillim talks about that would have a phrase Serving like that? Hashem? Serving Hashem, right? <laughs> I mean, it says serving Hashem, right? So like, what kind of serving Hashem? Tefillah. Yeah, tefillah would be a good guess, especially because we're learning a halakha tefillah out here, okay, uh, from here. What would other possibilities be? Mikdash, mitzvos, you know, Jewishy things, okay? So it's not Jewishy things, <laughs> okay? So let's look at it in context. Uh and oh, actually, I opened it over here. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I actually um, did not like the Altura's uh, archaic translation, so I just typed or I, uh, yeah, I, I just copied and pasted Alter's translation and then changed words dun, to suit dun, myself. Dun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so a uh, very short parak. Okay. So it says, "Why are the nations aroused uh, and the peoples murmur vain things? Kings of the earth. Oh, actually, and you know what? I have to. I do have to show you the redoc first, um, just to tell you what this parak is about." Um, and like I said, I only learned this according to the Radak. Uh, he's my go-to guy on, on Tehillim, and that's all we tried. So he says, V'zeh... Ooh, that's bothering me. That Vav is not highlighted. Okay. V'zeh ha-mizmor chibru v'amru david b'tchilas machuso. So this uh, parak David composed at the beginning of his kingship. Shiniskablu alav ha-goyim. Okay, I think this is not niskablu like l'kabel. I think this is like Kaval like to uh to um complain against and you'll see that from the pair so the going the nations gathered around him to complain commotion emru as it says as david al yisrael so the plishtim heard that they anointed david as king over israel lavakish as david and and the plishtim went up to seek david so this is like david uh david Melch's kingship is being uh challenged okay and they're uh they don't want him to be king Okay, so now he says like this. Um, Lama, oh, I'm not going to read in Hebrew. We'll just read in English until we get to our puzzle. Why are the nations aroused and the peoples murmur vain things? Kings of the earth take their stand and princes conspire against Hashem and against his anointed one. Let us tear off their fetters. Let us fling away their bonds. He who dwells in the heavens uh, will laugh. That's Hashem, obviously. The master derides them. Then he will speak to them in his wrath. In his burning anger, dismay them. And I, so this is Hashem talking, I appointed my king over Zion, my holy mountain. Let me tell as is due of Hashem. He said to me, so David saying that God told him, you are my son. I myself today did beget you. 
I bet the Christians love that puzzle. Uh, ask of me and I shall give nations uh, as your estate and your holdings, the ends of the earth. You will smash them with a rod of iron like a potter's jar. You will dash them. And now you kings pay mind, be chastened, right? Like be rebuked. Oh, actually, I want to read this in Hebrew because it's better. Um, where are we? Oh, Vata. The Atamalachim Yud, Haskilo, you kings, uh, Haskilo, be intelligent. He Vasru Shofte Arts, be musarified, like be rebuked, uh, judges of the earth. Evdu as Hashem Biyira, the Gilubirada, serve Hashem with fear and tremble in joy. Um, and then he goes on and says, uh, with purity be armed, lest he rage and you will be lost on the way, for his wrath in a moment flares up. Happy are all who shelter in him. Okay, so before we even do the Radak, what does the context do to your view of the Yira here? Fear of being destroyed. Yeah, fear of being annihilated, right? And annihilated for what? Revealing against God. Going against God. <laughs> okay, right? So check out the Radak who only amplifies this uh, this implication. Okay. So Radak, we're not going to read the whole Radak, uh, just Radak on those uh, last uh, couple of Pesukim. Uh, okay, so Yud, Aviata Malachim, and now Kings, Amar Lehem David Lemalachim. So David is now talking to the Malachim, Asher Baalihilachim, who are coming to wage war with him. Okay, so you got to picture the scene here. I don't know where this is happening, but David is there. Kings come to him. I don't even know if he's literally talking to them, but this is like what David says. Malachim, Kings, Haskilu, be smart, Udu, and know you have no power to negate uh, or to oppose the actions of God. He commanded to me to be king. Um, uh, oh yeah. How could you gather against Hashem? Like to rebel against him. Uh, you should uh, be smart and pay attention to the fact that you are not able to go against the work of God. Okay, so then he says, "Hivasur shofte arts, be disciplined, uh, you judges of the earth of the earth." Vim you were foolish until now, even though you were foolish until now, because like you rebelled against me. and you had uh, evil plots. Haskilu uh, be intelligent, take musr, and do not be haughty. Um uh, you know, uh, meaning, uh, God favors those who, uh, he Ratsu Ratsu Ratsu. Is it Ratsu or Ratsu? Ratsu. How's the English translated here? I'm a little stumped. I don't know if the English is going to be correct, but let's see. Um, take pleasure in what he takes pleasure in and serve him. That's well, not bad. Okay. So, um, be, you know, find favor in what he favors. Oh, so he's talking about Ritsu, find favor in what he favors and serve him. Okay, then we get to our Pasuk, Biyira, fear him and know that to him belongs strength and might, and not with you who came to, uh, with a, a, a multitude of people. Vigilu, and rejoice. Do not be angry at my kingship. But you should be, you should rejoice and be happy uh, because it is God's will. Okay. 
So that is, that, that's the Redoc. And I, again, that's just like elaborating on the implication that we got from it, um, that it's talking about uh, he's rebuking these kings for thinking that they could go against God. And he's saying, basically, be afraid of God or else he's going to destroy you if you go against his will. Okay. So the question now is, what does this do for us in our Gemara? Okay. Is, is in light of the context here, can we define the, uh, the halacha of, um, of, of Hachna'a that, uh, that this is trying to um, get us to have and get a clear idea of what that is and then understand why that's appropriate for Shimon Esrei. So what do you say? Maybe it's like a Hachna'a for the, the Olam of Shana Shalach. The God's will is absolute and always be carried out and you have to align yourself to that. Okay, good. Yep, that's the idea. Okay, cheers over. No, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's that, yeah, that, that that that's basically the idea. Uh, uh, um, so l- maybe let's just clarify that by why is that necessary, or what would a person what would be lacking in a person's tefillah if they did not have this? And if you, by the way, if you take this like you know, how, like if you, I don't know how many of you've learned the Holocaust of uh, of Kavana, but basically, like if you look through like the Shulchan Aruch or the Aruch Shulchan. All of the halachas kavana basically say like, okay, well, this is what you should do. You should do this, this, and this, and like you shouldn't daven unless you have this. But nowadays, no one has kavana anyway, so like just daven no matter what, you know. So, I my, my take on this is when we say, um, you know, like there are things that are ma'akev davening, and there are things that are not, um, and there are things that like lachatchil you shouldn't daven. Let's say for here's the easy example, right? Is um, if you're shasui, if you're tipsy you should not daven, but if you do, you're yote. And then um, if you're shikr, you shouldn't daven. And if you daven, you're not yote. So my understanding is, I mean, Ramam codifies this in the um, uh, Kavana in terms of the, like, it's ma'akiv. I don't know whether this is ma'akiv or not, but definitely the lashon is if you find yourself in a state of lacking COVID rosh, you should not daven. Ain only Mlispalo Elamitoch COVID Rosh. You know? So the question is like this is what would be lacking in a person's tefillah if they did not have COVID Rosh as defined by like, you know, what we're learning from the Pasuk here? Um to just build off Yaakov's point. Yeah. Um, that if a person doesn't, you know, have this perspective that Hashem's will is absolute they might have the uh, faulty thought, which is actually something I wrote in a philosophy paper this semester, oh. that, um, that, their, that their tefillah is actually going to change God's will and right. they're in some way going to affect God. Right. Okay, good. Yeah, okay, good. So I, th- I think that is the idea. Um, so just to restate it, and then I just want to bring out one point from the, from the parak also that is um, a little bit more nuanced there also is, uh, so when you go before God, I think the thing is um, the real danger I mean, there's dangers, there's unique dangers in Shevach and in Bakasha, but I think the danger here is in a state of Bakasha, or you could argue even in the state of like standing before God, but I think it's specifically standing before God for Bakasha, that like you basically are trying to get God to fulfill your will, you know, that you're trying to get God to do what you want. And that is not a state that is conducive to tefillah because God is not beholden to you, you're beholden to God. And I think that the way that the Radak formulated it is really good because first of all, who's who's David talking to? So he's talking to kings. Okay. Now, how is this idea enhanced by the fact that we learn this from talking to kings? What would you say? 
Like, why do kings need this even most? Or why is this idea best demonstrated from kings? Because kings are most susceptible to think that their power is actually a real force in the world. Exactly. Is that kings have the most power in the earthly realm, you know, and their will is often immediately translated into action. You know, they get what they want. Uh, so, so here, what we're saying is even the person, the people who have the most like ability to translate their will, they have the most gvura and koach and the most ability to translate their will into getting what they want. Nothing that is nothing in the face of uh, of Ratzon Hashem, and I like. I actually do like the way now that I understand the translation. I actually missed this point before. Uh, I, I translated it differently. The point he's making here: Ritsu Bameshu Rotze Vavduhu. Okay, want what he wants and serve him. <laughs> okay, and I actually I, I have not heard, read any Mefarshim who actually interpret the mission in Pirkei Avos like this, um, but. Um, so this, you could blame this on me. Maybe it's totally erroneous here. Um, but uh, my paradigm for, hold on. I should have looked this up ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Anyone know where I'm going to go? In, 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 in Avos? Yes. Uh, yeah. Is it, yeah. <laughs> Which one? Anyone know? I say Ritzon Chakirtsono. Yeah, right. I just don't know what paragraph that's in. Uh, I think it's in the second. I don't know either. Two, four. Two, four. Okay, thanks. Yeah. I say Ritzono Kirtsonecha. Kadesh Yase Ritzono Chakirtsono. I can never translate this on the first shot. Make his will like your will so that he will enact your will like his will. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I did it on the first shot. Yay. Bad, bad. All right. Um, so, um, so that's really like the whole idea of davening is you really have no right to ask for anything other than what is in line with God's will. And only when you have that recognition, can you actually like engage in Bakasha, you know? So that's the type of Hachna and Kovid Rosh that this Halacha is demanding. And like, I think it's just borne out really beautifully by the, uh, by the Pesukim. Yeah. And I think that that also explains the Simcha, the Gila part. Where's the Gila come from? That now it's your will, so yeah. It's is nice. that your if you succeed in doing this, if you succeed in getting your will in line with with uh, with his will, so then you are going to get what you want, <laughs> you know, by definition, right? Like it's uh, in fact, there's actually a really good where did I put it? Hold on, um, I've got my stoics scattered all around the apartment. Uh, let me just go get him, I'll be right back. Get him. I have a dead body. It's a person. Uh, Can we take bets on who he's getting? <laughs> Marcus, really, they're actually Seneca. Epictetus. Ding, 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 ding. Epictetus. Yeah. Aww. But I can't, I can't find him. All right, hand over the 500 bucks, Isaac. <laughs> yeah, I can't find him. Uh, so I'll have to u- do, use the computer one. Uh, let me see here. Um, give me one second. I just want to stop sharing while I find this. Uh, just one second. Uh, hand, oops. 
handbook. And yeah, so uh, for those who haven't heard me say, this is the uh, this is the Stoic thing that I think like if a person only read one thing, Marcus really is my least, my least favorite. <laughs> Surprisingly, uh, I think he's just my favorite and then Seneca is next. Uh, so, um, I would see, I don't know this translation, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Um, so this is something called the handbook of Epictetus, uh, which is like a, uh, a cheat sheet for for stoic uh, ideas is is i don't even think he wrote it i think uh, one of his students wrote it and just basically like summarized um uh all of his major teachings but i don't know the translation so i can't search mm. all right i'll i'll just i'll say what i think it is where, where is it all right i'll say what it is uh it is oh no wait No, this is really bothering me. I'm not going to botch the quote. I owe you one. Okay. Um, it's, it's basically, it's the, it's his version of this mission in Pyrrhus, but uh, forget it. All right. That was a waste of time. Sorry. Um, okay. So that's the idea of this halacha here. Okay. Um, so unless there are any questions on that, now what I'd like to do is go back to Hannah and David and the other one and see if we can get what those versions of the halacha would have been. Yeah, I just wanted to suggest a different place where the um, gila can come from sure. within this within this context. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know if it's it might not work with the technical exact translation of gila. I'm just sort of using it as a general term for joy. Um, yeah. And there's a certain level of uh, comfort and satisfaction of being able to just like throw your hands up and sit back and say. You know, it's it's a Shem's will that's just going to make whatever is going to happen happen, yeah. and I can't do anything about it. So I may as well just you know chill out. And there's a certain joy in that of I guess you know relaxation of yeah you know takes the pressure. Here, that, that's interesting. Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. When you realize that everything that it's in God's hands. Yeah, yeah. I guess the thing. This is not a question on what you're saying. It's just that your question prompted me to realize that I didn't explain something. Is the uh, the trembling. Not, I'm still not sure where that's coming from, because the way we're explaining the era really is a, uh, it really is more. Uh, I mean, in the case of the kings, they were afraid of punishment. I don't think that's the state we're supposed to be in when we dive in, you know. But it is the awe of like all of the gavura and koach belongs to God, you know. Um, so if I still am not clear on how that can coexist with the gila, I mean, maybe there is a. Uh, I don't know if this is a stretch or not. But maybe there is a a uh, a fear that your will is not going to be in line with his will, you know, and, which is why we end the Shimon Esrei by saying Yihu Laraton Libi that you ask God that your what you said and what you're thinking should be in line with his will, you know, um, uh, because that's not something that you can actually be certain of when you're davening. But I, I, I don't know if that's the uh, I don't know if that's pshat or if that's just like the drush that I'm just saying. All right, let's think about Hana now. Okay, so um, we don't have to look at the entire story because I think we know the basic story. Um, let's just see a couple of psukim that describe her davening, though. Um, yeah. Uh, right, so 
let's just get this here. And we're not going to go to the Mepharsham for this. Oopsies. Uh, you want know me to do two column? Okay, so we have here um, that. Uh, so it gives the background, blah, 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 right? And Penina had children, Hana had no children. And um, it says, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Oh, now we get to the, the afflictions here. V'chiyasata tsarasa gam ka'as bavur hir imah ki sagar adoshem ba'ad rachma. So her uh, competitor or her tormentor angered her uh, because of her... Here, what is this? Here, ima. Uh, the puzzle here, or the translation here says, Oh, to make her fret, like re'aim, like to make her uh, tremble. Because God had closed her womb. Right? So she was really upset, right? Uh, year after year, and she was angry and she cried and she didn't eat. Okay, fine. So his statement there. And then which the means she played, she prayed to God, and she cried. And then she made the netter, right? Saying that she's going to uh, give her, her, um, her son to, to Hashem. Donate her son to Hashem. Yeah. Okay. So what kind of COVID Rosh is this in, in comparison to the one that we saw from the Moscana? And I think if you keep your eye on the Hachna that Rashi gave us when he talked about the Mishnah and just think of what kind of Hachna it is, then that, that, that'll be the, uh, the approach. Uh, is it possibly like an idea of like that she sort of like recognizes very clearly that her will is not in line with God's will because she is lacking something that she wants. That's interesting. Um, and so she, huh. yeah, that's like a, that, that, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> so then why did her feel a work? Uh, um, I guess and also, Buzzer, also that's one that. question. The other question is you notice that she does. I mean, you could argue that this is happening after the fact. Uh, you can't argue that. I don't know. Um, she uh she does make her will in line with God's will because she says that she's gonna um uh uh where is it in the Hebrew here? Yain Vishekar Lo sorry. No, no, that's that's where she's refuting the fact that she's drunk. But she says she's gonna give her, her kid to uh to Hashem. So it's like making her her will into his will. Right. Right. So that seems like the same idea you're saying. Is right. Moscona? Right. Yeah. And remember also that when the Gemara rejects it, it rejects it, um, it does identify it as the bitterness. So like as strange as it sounds, this is going to be related to her bitterness. 
in other words, it's not like the bitterness was one thing and then she had this state of COVID Roche, but the bitterness and the COVID Roche are are one are you know one and the same. Well, it seems like it's almost the opposite of the of the gila, right? Like that's yeah. that's you know in in the case of the of the rejoicing, you're I guess rejoicing in the will of Hashem. Whatever you know, that's that's not an accurate uh you know statement, but something like that. Mm-hmm. And with Hannah, she's very embittered by the will of Hashem. Right. Right. Yeah. So that seems problematic. Yeah. 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 Problematic. And even in like a Nafka Mina E type way, right? Like, uh, I mean, I, I, we don't know whether the feel is going to, I mean, her feel was answered. So like it clearly didn't, wasn't Maggie of it, but, uh, yeah. I guess no, I was thinking Nafka Mina in the sense of like, what if you find yourself in a position like Hana, so then according to our Maskana, you got to work on changing your will. Uh, and according to Hana, like, you know, she was able to dive in that state, maybe because of what I said, that she she changed her will to be in line with God. But I don't know, maybe you could say something that even like, despite Hannah's bitterness um, and her, I guess, distaste, so to speak, with mm-hmm. with what she perceived as Shem's will. Is that to a be, pun? Or what it was. No. Okay. I don't even get it. Because of <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Meaning, despite that, she still came and was and was davening in front of Hashem. I think yeah. it's like a common phenomenon that if someone is not happy with Hashem's will, they'll basically, you know, just they'll just leave. You know, like what am right. I? What am I praying for? This guy's right. not helping me. Right. You know, and yet, so she still did have that submissiveness, but it was in a state of of a of a bitter uh, taste. Okay. So you you could take the, that this route that that I think both of you are trying to take of like it being a variant within the Muscana, you know. Um, so I'll tell you what what Levy and I came up with, which uh, which is different, is we said it's a completely different kind of of hachna'a, Okay, so the Muscana is a hachna'a of you're standing there and you have your uh, your your own ratzon and you're realizing that like my ratzon is only going to be fulfilled if I align it with God's Ratzon and his Ratzon is absolute and my Ratzon is like, uh, it has to be the one to yield, you know? Her, Hana's Hachna is the the recognition that there is no one else I could turn to but Hashem. You know, the recognition that she had wanted kids and and there is there's nowhere else to turn. And so it's a Hachna, I mean, the, the I think the Pesukim used this uh, mashal or Chazal used this mashal a lot also of like the way that we look towards Hashem, I think this Pesukim and Tillam like this, is like the way that a servant or maidservant looks to their master, that like that's the only source of their sustenance, you know? And that is another type of Hachna of realizing like, if I'm only going to you because you are one out of many options, so then like, I'm not actually beholden to you, you know, or if I could do it myself, if I could get this thing on my own, then I am, I have like agency, you know, she realizes she has absolutely no agency and there's no one else she could turn to. That's the type of hachna that is, uh, that she has. And that's why it was connected to her bitterness because she realizes that like, there's no hope other than, um, than Hashem, you know, uh, and if, and if that doesn't work, then, you know, if Hashem doesn't grant it her, then, there, then, there, then it's absolutely hopeless. You know, she wouldn't have that bitterness if it weren't for the fact that Hashem is the only, the only game in town. And I think the, um, 
a, a riot to this, that this was like a big part of her, right? Not a riot to the halacha, but a riot that this is a big part of her, what was going on in her mind is her tefillah in the next parak. She starts off her tefillah, or is this, this is an embarrassing point. Is this her tefillah afterwards or is this the tefillah that she davened? I don't know Shmuel very well, <laughs> but <laughs> if this is the tefillah that she davened, then that's even better. Wait, what does Radak say here? I didn't actually look at this. Uh, just Levy pointed it out last minute. He's probably leaving Nasna Lo Shavaf Oda Al Bain. Oh no, so this is afterwards. Okay, so what does she say? Vatis Palel Chana Vatomer Allah Tzlibi Barashem. So my heart rejoices in Hashem. Rama, I gotta get the yeah. Rama Karni Barashem. My pride has been raised by Hashem. Rachav Pi Al Oivai. My mouth has become widened over my enemies. Kisamachti Bi Yeshua Sacha because you have caused me to rejoice in your uh, in your salvation. There's no holy one like Hashem, and there's no there's nothing uh, aside from him, and there's no rock like our God. You know, that this idea of of, of emphasizing the exclusivity of, of turning to Hashem and that there's no one we can depend on but Hashem, you know. Um, so again, that's not a riot to the way I'm interpreting the halacha, but it is a riot that, that was on her mind, you know, and that, that was uh, that was what she recognized when she dove in this way. Okay, so that's the COVID Rosh of Hana. Now, uh, let's just really quickly, in the interest of time, go to, to the second Havamina. So this is David. So we said, sounds mikdashi. Um, it's a very short parak, so let's just read it here. Um, and I think you'll get what kind of Hachna this is pretty quickly. Uh, or, yeah. Um, hold on. Oh, it's not. Oh, it is, I guess, kind of long. Um Okay, uh, you know what? I'm actually. Oh yeah, Lamina say all nechilos means brother David. Okay, fine. So nechilos is interesting. Amarai hazina adashem. My my statements listen to Hashem. Bina hagigi. Um, understand my uh, my pronouncements. Hakshiva lekol shavi malki velakai. Listen attentively to the voice of my outcry, my King and my God. Ki elacha espalal because I I pray to you. Adashem boker tishma koli. Hashem, listen to my voice in the morning. Boker erach lacha. Uh, in the morning, I will arrange it for you of Atzapa, and I will look forward. You are not a God who desires wickedness. Uh, you are not... What does Yagurcha mean? Um, oh, to dwell. Evil will not dwell with you. Wild ones... Uh, will not um, uh, stand firm uh, before your eyes. You hate all doers of iniquity. You will destroy all speakers of falsehood. A man of uh, bloodshed and uh, deceit. Hashem uh, abominates. But I in your abundant kindness will come to your house. I will bow down in towards your holy sanctuary in fear. Hashem nacheni betzidkasach. Hashem guide me in your righteousness. Leman shorai. Um, for the sake of my um, how shorai here. Leman shorai. What pasuk is this? Tess. I don't get this. It looks like it's not there. Because of them that lie and wait for me, I don't know what I don't know what the lashon is. Shorarai, mm-hmm. Straighten my path before you. 
because there's there's no sincerity in their mouth. That's the word we had initially last Monday. Um, they're in their midst is like a blows or like a destruction. Their throat is an open grave. Their, their tongues, they smooth out. Um, make them guilty, God. Cause them to fall from their counsels. Push them aside due to their abundant uh, or because of their abundant um, uh, offenses. Because they've rebelled against you. Let those who take shelter in you rejoice. Uh, they will sing for you forever. Uh, and they will uh, give libations for you forever. What is that? Uh, let them exult in me. Okay, fine. Oh, no, no. So that's uh, let them shelter you. Um, Sukha. And they will rejoice in you. Those who love your name. You will bless a tzadik. Adoshem. Katsina Raton Tatrehu, you will um uh crown him with a uh, a shield. Yeah. So what's the emphasis here? I think the theme is pretty clear. Forget like our question for one second. Like, what would you just say like the theme is in in the in the parak? I mean it's a contrast of good guys and bad guys. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's saying Hashem, here are all the bad guys. You don't like them. You don't do stuff for them. But me, <laughs> you know, I am righteous. And I, not only am I righteous, but I want you to guide me in righteousness. And therefore, that's why you listen. That's why you should listen to me. And that's why, uh, you know, I'm, I'm davening to you. So that's like the gist of it. Okay, so so the question is, what do we get from there in terms of what kind of hachna do we see from that? I guess just uh, the submissiveness and service of Hashem. Yeah, yeah, submissiveness and service. Uh, but I think the, the the way that you had it better was uh, was actually good. Or it was actually better as the uh, the good guys and the bad guys is that God responds to a certain type of person. You know that there is a type of person who has submitted himself to Raton Hashem in terms of the way he lives, and that's the type of person who could come before God to Daven. You know, so if you if if it pleases, if you're one of the types of people who it pleases to cram um, natural ideas into artificial brisker categories, <laughs> then you could say that. Um, uh, and there are people like that. Um, uh, no judgment, uh, but um, uh, I'll just say Rav Pesach doesn't do that. Um, but uh, the um, the halacha for Chana puts this in terms of the uh, the Mechayev of Tefillah that that the thing that made her go to God is, is the recognition that there's no one else to turn to, you know? Um, and that's where the COVID Roche resides in the fact that I, I come to you because I realize there is no one else who I can go to, you know, that my active feel is generated by my recognition that you're really only, you're, you're ain't you know? The second thing is really the David and Melch one is the Gavra of Tefillah. You know, the fact that the only certain types of people can come to you, not the people who are rebelling against you and Merdu Bach and Pasha'u, you know, but the people who are, uh, who are aligning themselves with your will in terms of their lifestyle, Anshay Tzedek, you know, and then the Maskana 
is in terms of the act of tefillah, in terms of when you go before God and you present your bakashos, then you have to align them with, with God's will. And that's really where the Gemara settles. Um, and this weird other havami that we didn't define, um, you, uh, I don't think we're going to have time to work it out tonight. And I also didn't manage to work it out with my chabrusa. Um, but this, you know, so, I mean, it's very, it just looks weak compared to the other ones because it has to do with Al-Tikri, you know? So I think the the, the closest that Levi and I got to this is if you look at the parak. Anyone know what else we learn in Hilchus Tefillah from that parak? There's two answers. Uh, I I know it, but it's escaping me. Yeah. So one answer is this is where we learn. Uh, this is where the Gemara itself darshins Minion? out the first. Yeah. What? Minion or Tefillah B'tibor, maybe. Um. That could be also, that's not the one I was thinking of. Uh, the Gemara learns out the order of the first three brachos from this, because it says the B'nai Elim, Havulushem um, B'nai Elim, that's a reference to the Avos, who are called B'nai Elim. Havulushem Kavod Va'oz, that's referring to Gevura, uh, Gevura Sashem, uh, that's the second bracha. And then Havulushem Kavod Shemo, Hishtachavu Lashem Baharas Kodesh, that's Kedusha Sashem. So that's one thing we learn from. And then the other thing we learn from this is this is the source of one of the sources that there are 18 brachos in the Shemona Esrei, because if you count up all of the Shemos Hashem, then there's 18 of them. Um, and, and then when they introduced the 19th, then they found an allusion to the 19th. Uh, I forgot, I forgot what maneuver they pulled uh, to do that. Um, but so, so the theory that Levi and I came up with is this, this Havamina is not like the other ones. The other ones, they were really, uh, the advantages of the other ones was that it was distinct ideas of what the COVID Rosh is. This one, they were trying to learn it out from here because this is the actual source for Shimona Esrei. So if you can learn out the halacha of how to daven Shimona Esrei from the actual parak where you learn out that there are 18 brachos, so then that's like a superior limud. And that's why it like, sorry, that's why it like twists it and like does this altikri, this el that because it's trying to learn it out from the parak that we learn out Shemona Ezrei from, but then it abandons it. So we did not learn out that it was a, a different idea of uh, Hachna from there. Um, uh, but maybe there's something that we learn. But anyway, I got to go uh, to the other Zoom link. Uh, but hopefully this was a good thing. And look, I think this is the type of idea, like this is why I like learning these Gemaras, because you now have this idea of the mindset to walk into Tefillah with of like Yira, of like recognizing that, that you have to like align your Ratzon with Ratzon Hashem uh, in order for it to, to be good. And even if we don't pask in this way, I mean, I haven't like gotten, we, we're just going through the Sugiya now uh, together, but like, you know, uh, even if we don't pask in like this in the end, it's still a relevant idea for Tefillah. And even Hana's idea, like, like that's also a good mindset, even though we don't pask in like her, you know, like that Manda Amar, it's still a, a useful idea for Tefillah and it'll enhance your Tefillahs. So, alrighty. See ya later or soon. All right, bye. Thank you. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Peace. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are matchneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.